everybody. Coach Simone Kelly here with another episode of Own Your Power Radio. And today we are talking about credit. The topic is called Seven Steps to a 750 Credit Score. And I'm so happy to have Sean Lane from FRS Credit here. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Simone. Yay! So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So first and foremost, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Sean. Um, Sean Lane is the author of The Consumer's Guide to Credit Restoration and the co-founder and CEO of FRSCredit.com. And he's been educating consumers about credit since 1992. So, um, and he's actually helping me with my credit and um, a lot of Own Your Power family with their credit. So we know he really does, he knows what he's talking about. So we're, we're so happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about how you got started, Sean. Yeah, so, and thank you, Simone, again, for having me. Um, I just love talking about this topic because, uh, you know, credit is so very important in our life. Um, so many things are tied to our credit score. I like to call it our adult GPA. It's our grade point average as an adult. Uh, you know, the way I got started, I made all the classic mistakes everybody made when I was young. Um, you know, I got credit handed to me. Nobody taught me about credit. And I've learned over the years, people don't teach about credit. You might learn about budgeting. You might learn about finances, but nobody teaches the importance of credit and credit scores and how to keep it and build it, you know, strong. You don't learn that in school. So, you know, I learned that at the school of hard knocks. I learned it the hard way. Mm -hmm. And um, I made all the classic mistakes. Um, and then I met the lady who changed my life, my wife. We've been married for 32 years. Wow. And uh, she... She said, we need to do something about this. So we set out to, you know, to, to begin working on my credit. And the number one mistake I made is I went back and I paid all of it. And I didn't need to. And I found out it didn't help my credit score. And so um, I ended up learning about the Fair Credit Reporting Act which is, you know, what regulates the credit bureaus and what they can report about us. Mm -hmm. So I did a bunch of research and in, in, in 1990, I fixed my own credit. Okay. And then I, I wrote a self-published book, as you mentioned, The Consumer's Guide to Credit Restoration, um, you know, to, to be able to show people this is what I did. Now, this was back before the internet. I'm a little bit older than you, um, but uh, I, I tried to market that book, you know, on, you know, through classifieds ads and that type of thing. And I never really had any success with it. So I kind of just shelved the, you know, put the book on the shelf. I didn't do anything with it other than I helped family and friends here and there for so many years until we decided to start this as a business in 2013. So we opened up FRS Credit um, Financial Renovation Solutions. Um, we don't only do credit repair, although 95% of what we do is, you know, credit repair. We also help people, you know, settle debts and that type of thing if necessary. And then I also help people build business credit. And, and my it, audience for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so I have a whole business credit building, you know, program that could be maybe another podcast, but, you know, you can build business credit on your tax ID or your EIN number separate and apart from your social. So... Um, and that's the way you want to do it if you own a business. Most people, um, you know, build their business on the back of their personal credit. And it can really impact your credit scores when you do that, especially if something goes bad in the business like COVID hitting or something like that. It can take people down. So you need to build your business credit separate from your personal well, one of the things I, I like that you said um, in the beginning is like how you, you taught yourself or you learned the hard way, the school of hard knocks. My mm -hmm. mother was in accounting and um, I didn't I didn't gain her financial skills. I'm more of the creative type, <laughs> the writer. <laughs> and so as a kid, I remember in college, you know, when you first go to college, they're, they're, they have these tables set up. They're giving away laundry bags. Um, you mm -hmm. know, they get a free this, get a free that. And I would be signing up for credit cards. And before I knew it, I had eight thousand dollars. I remember I, I, um, I had $8,000 in debt and that's when I really was like, oh my God, oh my God. And my mother kept saying, you better pay your cards. And I was like, I'll pay it when I have it. Like I, I used to be real cocky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right up with me, trust me and believe me. But um, she was like, okay, you're going to learn. You're going to learn because she, she would always tell me, but it, it makes me realize how, how naive children could be, you know, because it feels like free money. Like you're just like, ah. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. And, and then you learn later on just how, you know, how damaging that could be. Fortunately, the CARD Act of 2008 
does not allow them to market to college kids anymore like that. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so okay, let's start going over the seven steps of um, how to get your credit score up. And I want to just um, preface this with um, telling everybody that I learned about Sean because one of my girlfriends used him um, for many years and her credit score was in the 500s and she, she, he got her up to like the 800. So um, that's why I was like, yeah, we need to talk to Sean. <laughs> well, and, and the first thing is nobody's credit is as bad as they think. Okay. Everybody thinks theirs is the worst. And I can tell you, it's not, I've seen, you know, I've seen the worst and nobody is beyond help. Okay. There are two things that can fix everybody's credit issues. It's time and education. Mm. Okay. If you wait long enough, those credit issues will be a thing in the past, but without the education and understanding how credit scores are calculated and how credit reporting works, if you don't understand that, you make new mistakes again and you're stuck in low credit. So if you have the education and the knowledge about how credit works um, and then you have enough time, if you did nothing except made the right moves, your credit would be a thing of the past, okay? Mm -hmm. your, your bad credit. But you know, because of, of the Fair Credit Reporting Act, there is a way to try to leverage derogatory stuff off of a credit report. We can get into that a little bit later, okay? Um, but my seven steps to a 750 credit score, the number one step in that is understand how credit scores are calculated, mm. okay? And I'm gonna go through this and I'm gonna do it a little bit quickly and then we can come back because we do have seven steps which you know obviously have some sub steps to them, okay? But the number one step is understanding how those scores are calculated. Mm -hmm. And so let's go through that real quick. 35% of our credit score is based on our payment history. So that's a third. That is why it's so important to pay the bills on time, right. okay? And if you have to be late, do not be 30 days late because they will not report you late until you're a full 30 days beyond the due date, mm -hmm. okay? So that's the number one thing is, is your payment history, which is worth 35% of your score, which is as much as, uh, I think it's 192 points, okay? Um, of your 850 total points right. is, uh, is your payment history. So late payments hit the payment history bucket or that 35% bucket. But the other thing is any sort of derogatory account. So if a collection account hits your credit report, it's affecting that that 35%. Um, if you have a charge off from a credit card, it's affecting that 35%. So 35% of our score is payment history. And that's where credit repair comes in. Okay, it's that kind of that 35% area. But any good credit repair company is not just going to help you with the derogatory stuff, but they're going to help you build positive credit. And that's where... Um, you know, the, the second big factor in your credit score is something that we can all control. Mm -hmm. And that is 30% of the score is based on your revolving credit. So that's credit cards. And it's based on that relationship between your credit card balance and your credit card limit. Okay, so this is worth as much as 165 points. Wow. So if you have credit cards, you want to keep those balances as low as possible, um, ideally below 10% of the credit limit. So if you have a $300 credit limit credit card, you don't want that balance to ever be over $30 right. if you can avoid it. Right. And so, you know, a lot of people that are building credit or coming out of some, some hard times with their credit, they get these $300 and $500 credit cards and you almost can't use them because your score can fluctuate a hundred points based on that balance on the credit card. Okay. I have a comment so number, yeah. With the credit cards, um, revolving credit in the beginning, when I didn't know much about them, I used to say, Oh, let me close off. I paid it off. Let me close it. I mean, I have less mm -hmm. that was helping me. And then I found out later that that does hurt you. Closing yeah. That hurts you in two ways. And we'll touch on that in, in a moment. Okay. Um, so yeah. So, 35% is your payment history, 30% is the revolving utilization. So it's that utilization of your credit limit, that 
that the percentage of the of the credit limit that you carry as a balance. Okay. The next big factor is 15% of your score is based on the age of your credit file. Mm. Okay. And there's two factors to that. It is your oldest account. So how old is your credit file? But then it's also the average age of your credit file. So opening a lot of new accounts will reduce the average age of your credit file. Mm. <clears throat> so, so you want, that's one you want to watch. Okay. You want to be careful with that. Um, and, but this is why somebody like me who has an old credit file, if I pay 30 days late, it might hurt me less than if the 22-year-old that has a short credit history pays 30 days late. It's going to hurt him more because he doesn't have the age of credit. He doesn't have a long you know, credit history. Okay? The fourth factor in how your credit score is calculated that has to do with your mix of credit, okay? How many accounts do you have and what type of accounts you have? A good minimum mix of credit is at least one installment loan, which is a car payment, a student loan, a personal loan, and then at least three revolving lines of credit. Okay. Okay, so that's a, that's a good starting mix. Now, if you have a mortgage, you're going to score even higher because you want to show the scoring model, which, you know, it, FICO is, is, you know, uh, is the number one uh, scoring model. Everybody's heard of a FICO score. That's what lenders pretty much use or FICO scores. And so you want to be able to show them that you are responsible with multiple types of credit accounts. Okay. So it's very easy to manage one credit card. It's more difficult to manage three and have student loans and have a car payment and have a mortgage. Right. So that's why they give you kind of, they give you credit for having more accounts. So let's touch real quickly. Oh, let me, let me hit the last one and then I'll come back to your question. Well, we, then we, the last four, did I miss Yeah, one? we're at four. So I got one more and oh. that is the last factor is your, uh, it's it's new credit or those hard inquiries we hear about. Mm -hmm. Every time you apply for credit, that's a hard ding, right? Or a hard inquiry. Those are worth 10% of your credit score. So we've got 35% is your payment history. 30% is the utilization of your revolving credit. 15% is the age of your credit file. 10% is your mix of credit. And then the last 10% are those hard inquiries, okay? Right. Now, touching on that, closing the credit card, let me tell you all the ways that hurts you, okay? Because uh, you were talking about the, one of the mistakes you made was closing credit cards. Well, when you close the credit card, it doesn't immediately hurt your age of credit because it still factors into the age, okay? But what it does hurt is it hurts your uh, revolving utilization because you lose the credit limit. Right, right. Okay? But it also affects your mix of credit because now you have one less account in your mix of credit that you have to manage. And so it hurts you a little bit there too, because it's easier, like I said, to, to juggle fewer accounts and it's more difficult to juggle, uh, you know, more, more different, you know, accounts on your credit report. So closing the credit card hurts you in a couple of ways. Now it will hurt your age of credit later on, but not immediately. Okay. okay? Yeah. So that was a feeling of yeah. accomplishment or so I thought like, oh, I paid it off. I'm closing that account. <laughs> yep. So here's my tip. Pay okay. them off and throw them in the drawer. OK, uh, and don't uh, use them. Oh, see, I was told to pay them really low. Like I said, keep it like it was like it was 300 paid, you know, get gas once a month with it and then pay it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the way it really works is the, what the FICO credit scoring model is looking at is you don't have to carry a balance on all of your credit cards, okay? okay? Um, you just have to, you're gonna score higher with the $1 balance than you are with a $0 balance. So that part is true, okay. but you only should have to keep a balance on one of your cards, okay. okay? The other ones can, now you do need to be careful though, because if you don't use those cards, the bank may close them for inactivity, so my, my rule is use a credit card at least once every six months to buy that tank of gas. Okay. But don't, but don't close it. 
you know, and then pay it in full and just kind of keep that card handy. Okay. That's good. Okay. So what? Are, okay, what so that was our step one of your seven hundred and fifty. You know, step one. Okay. Just step. One. That was a big one. I know. I know. I was but that, that's only four. Where's the other three? Okay, now nah, now I get it. My bad. Never mind. Yeah. So that is you know, and I think it's super important for people to understand how credit scores work as the number one thing you know to fixing you know and improving your credit. Right. The second step is you have to have credit monitoring. Mm -hmm. You have to know what's on your credit report. Okay. A lot of people have credit karma, but credit karma, you're missing something and you're missing Experian. Yeah. Okay. So credit karma is a free site and credit karma gives you Equifax and TransUnion, but it does not give you Experian. So if you're going to monitor your credit, which I think everybody should monitor their credit, you need to use something that's giving you all three credit bureaus. And it has to give you alerts. Okay. Now I recommend Identity IQ. Um, that's the one that uh, uh, we recommend to people. Um, if somebody wanted us to take a look at their credit, we're going to send them to our website, have them sign up for Identity IQ. If they use that link on our website, it's only going to cost them $1 for a seven day trial of the credit monitoring service. And then after that, it's $21.99 a month, okay? Um, but there's a way to monitor your credit for free also, okay? And the way to do that is to use Credit Karma for Equifax and TransUnion, but then also use Experian's free service mm -hmm. to cover the Experian. <clears throat> a lot of people have credit scores coming from their credit cards, you know, like if they have a Capital One, they have CreditWise. But understand, you're only getting one credit bureau when you're looking at that. Okay, you're only, you know, credit wise gives you a transunion credit score right. and credit report, but it doesn't give you all three. So you need to make sure you got something that's showing you all three, because here's what happens to people. People who do not monitor their credit don't know when something bad happens until they apply for credit. Right. That's when they find out. They don't know that that collection account from the cable company, you know, hit their credit report because they're not monitoring their credit. Right. Or they don't know that somebody stole their identity and opened accounts in their name and because they're not monitoring their credit. Yeah. So I, I had a funny story where um when I, I was with banking with Chase and I had um just sold a property. So I had um extra money in my account. So I wasn't really looking at it. I was like, I got money in there. You know, <laughs> I wasn't checking it every day. And there was a little $28 being taken out every month. And I thought it was something else. And I didn't double check it. It ended up being a porn site. Big butts. Oh. Big butts and ponytails. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and I still remember the name. It was just really funny. And the address was um, a totally another address. I noticed on my credit report, there was another address that was under me. But it was somewhere on the Bronx that wasn't where I used to live. So... I, I highly, I'm obsessed with checking my credit now, you know, checking my credit, yeah. checking my address and all that stuff. Cause yeah. And the, the beauty of credit monitoring is if somebody applies for credit in your name, you're going to get an alert. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or if, um, if the address on your credit report changes because somebody's trying to steal it, you know, mm -hmm. your identity, you're going to get an alert. If that collection account hits your credit report, you're going to get an alert. So now you can be proactive with your credit. You have time to address those issues, whether yourself or hiring a company like ours, before the next major purchase that you're going to do. You know, so that's why it's very important to monitor it. Okay, <clears throat> so that's number two. Number three is once you have credit monitoring, you need to check that credit report for accuracy. Okay, the other benefit of having a service like Identity IQ is it shows you everything side by side. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can see your capital one account and then you can see how Experian, Equifax and TransUnion report that account. Okay. Whereas if you're, if you're kind of piecemealing your credit monitoring together using credit karma and then Experian, you can't see errors as easily because you're looking at three individual reports. Right. Okay. Um, so you want to look at it for accuracy you want to not only check the addresses and the names that are on your credit report, but you want to look for those things that are derogatory in nature. Okay. So do you have any late payments? 
Do you have any collection accounts? Do you have any charge-offs, you know, on your credit report where you haven't paid something like a credit card and then it, you know, it gets charged off as bad debt? Those are the things that we address in credit repair. And those are the things I addressed when I was a young person, right? I, I first paid all those old debts, which most of those were past the statute of limitations. So they couldn't sue me any longer, okay. but I went back and paid them and I realized it didn't really help me. I needed them off of my credit report, okay. right? Those bad things, we need them off the credit report. And so um, you want to address those, those derogatory things um, that are on your credit report. You can do it yourself. You can hire a company like ours. Whatever you choose, do not dispute things online. Credit Karma makes it very easy for you to dispute online. I would have okay? thought that was good. No, and there's a couple of reasons why you don't want to dispute online. Number one, it's like a single dispute. So it's a one and done. You don't have the opportunity to, re to reinvestigate it. Oh, okay. Okay. Number two is you actually give the credit bureaus potentially more time to deal with that investigation. Okay. And then also they don't have to notify you if they reinsert the item. Ooh. So here's, there's an amend, there's an amendment to the fair credit reporting act that says um, if you dispute something online, um, they can reinsert it without notifying you. If you do it with a paper letter, you know, snail mail like we do, right. they have to give you five days written notice if they're going to reinsert an item. And I've never seen that. Wow. Okay. 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 I like that. <laughs> yep. So you, so you, you want to do that. Um, and then um, the other thing is, um, a lot of times people go and they pull their annual credit report. Mm -hmm. If you've ever heard of the, it's the government sponsored free site called annualcreditreport.com. Mm -hmm. It's where you can get all three credit reports. If you pull your annual credit report and dispute that way, you've now given the credit bureaus 45 days instead of 30 days. Too long. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things that, you know, they make it very easy and they want you to dispute online because it's easier for them. Um, but no, we need to dispute and investigate stuff that is, you know, by regular U.S. mail or certified mail if you want to spend the money. Right. That's great information. Okay. Um, and uh, the other the other point in that is what can we dispute? Well, the Fair Credit Reporting Act says that everything on your credit report must be accurate, verifiable, and timely. If you think it's incomplete, if it's, um, if it's um, uh, not representative of who you are, if it's, um, you know, if it's something that doesn't look right, we are allowed to investigate that. So this is what we do is we send letters to the credit bureaus, basically asking them to investigate these items, okay? But what we also do differently is we also go directly to the creditor themselves, which you can't do that online when you're disputing through Credit Karma. Um, the Fair Credit Reporting Act says that um, you must first dispute through the credit bureaus before you can dispute with the creditor. Okay. Okay, um, it, it's a little bit... Uh, it's a little confusing, but it basically works like this. If, um, if you send a letter to Capital One saying that, you know, this isn't reporting right, they're going to tell you to contact Credit Bureau. Okay. Why are they going to tell you that? Because under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, there's no private right of action against a creditor by a consumer without first disputing it through the Credit Bureau. So what we do is we're going to go to the Credit Bureau and then we're going to reinvestigate with the credit bureau. And then we're going to go directly to the creditor. And they have to, you're allowed to dispute directly with the creditor, but you wanted to go to the credit bureau first. Doesn't okay. the credit bureau then have to check with them anyway? Still, that works. They, they still do. Yep. They still have to check with them. And this is why credit repair can take time. Credit <laughs> repair can take time because, you know, I might work on an item and some of those items might come off in our first round of disputing. 
but then some of them may not come off until our fifth or sixth cycle of work. Okay. And it's just being persistent and pointing out errors. You know, when I look at a credit report and I see all the bureaus side by side, I can find discrepancies between the way each credit bureau report Capital One or Chrysler or Ford Motor Credit. And so that is what we're focusing on is this can't be right because it's not the same. Right, right. Okay? Even if the name is misspelled or. Okay. Yeah, all of that stuff must be must be um, accurate. It can't be incomplete. Um, and, uh, you know, it has to be verifiable. So, uh, you know, that's where that's kind of the area that we work in in credit repair. So number one, understand how credit scores are calculated. Number two is you want to have credit monitoring. And then number three, look at that credit report and begin addressing those derogatory items, either yourself or through a company like ours. Okay. Number four, our number four thing is never, ever, ever, ever pay 30 days late. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Extra efforts in there. Okay. Yeah, you want to make sure that you never pay 30 days late. <clears throat> and if you're currently behind on your bills, okay, you need to catch those up before you go pay somebody for credit repair. Right. Because, um, you know, paying 30 days late can drop a credit score 100 points or more. Okay. And, and that's because uh, if, you, if you look at the, <clears throat> the FICO pie chart, and you can see that on our website, but the FICO pie chart shows us the percentage, you know, that we talked about first, which is 35% of our score is based on our, our payment history. The highest credit score is an 850. Yeah, so if, if you look at the FICO pie chart, which you can see on our website, or, you know, you can even Google FICO and see, um, they're gonna show you those five in, things that impact your credit score that we talked about first. And 35%, the way that I come up with, the, it's worth 192 potential points is because the highest FICO score is an 850 and the lowest is a 300. So the difference between the 850, if you subtract 300 from 850, there's 550 points available for movement up or down. Okay. And 35% of 550, 550 points is that 192 points. Okay, so um, that is why you can see if, if you have perfect credit and, you know, I shouldn't say perfect credit, but if you have excellent credit and you pay something 30 days late, that's why your, your score can drop 50 or 100 points is because it, it has a huge, huge impact. Okay, um, and so uh, the other thing that you want to make sure you don't do is do not pay a collection account without an agreement to have that deleted, okay? Mm, okay. So, so um, there's multiple versions of credit scores. And a lot of people learn the hard way. They look at their credit karma and they're a 700, but then they go to the auto dealer and they're a 650, okay? So I'll touch on this briefly, but we have multiple versions of credit scoring. We have FICO scores, which are what lenders use. And then we have a Vantage score, which is what companies like Credit Karma use. The Vantage score is a competing scoring model. Oh, okay. they're, tr they're trying to become a scoring model that lenders will use in making a decision about lending money, okay? It's just, there's some nuances and differences between the way that the credit score is calculated at, at, the, at the Vantage score, or I should say Credit Karma, and how a FICO score is calculated. Okay. However, it's even more complicated than that because there is something like 15 versions of FICO. So there are auto versions, so if you're, if you're applying for an auto loan, they're going to use an industry score that puts more weight on your auto history than anything else. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Or if you're, a, if you're applying for a credit card, they're going to use a credit card industry score, which puts a little bit more weight on your credit card history. 
Okay. And then you've got the one a lot of people are interested in, which is your mortgage credit score. Because of all the regulation in the real estate business, you know, with the housing authority and the GSAs and all of that, mortgage lending is highly regulated and they use a very old version of FICA and it's across the board. One of the things in this version of FICO is if you pay a collection account, it reports new activity and it will drop your mortgage credit score. Yet it will, it will increase your credit karma score because, and it, it's kind of confusing. We would think that you should, you should pay your bill, right? right? Um, you should pay that collection account if you owe it and you would think it would help your credit score. Well, the experts out there have determined that, yes, it is a good thing to pay it. And if you're using, if the bank is using a newer version of a credit score, okay, like, uh, you know, maybe it's one of the newer versions of FICO, paying that collection will have an, a positive impact to your credit score, but not when it comes to mortgage lending. And all mortgage use the same version of FICO. So this is why it's a very hard and fast rule of thumb that says, do not pay a debt collector unless you get an agreement from them in writing that they're going to delete that account. Because when they update that account as paid, it reports new activity and it will drop your mortgage score. So everybody is going to eventually want to buy a house, refinance a house, whatever. So we have to use um, all of our tips and strategies and information based on the mortgage version. We don't want to, you know, that's why we're going to tell somebody don't pay that debt collector unless they agree to remove it from your credit report and they need to agree in writing. I have a question. Um, you know, mm -hmm. that's great information. I have a question about the mortgage. So is the number still the same? 620 is what the, the, the score that you should have your mortgage or is it 720? I, I've heard different things. So. What do you, it depends on the mortgage company and the loan program that they have. Um, it depends if it's an FHA loan, which is a government-backed loan, or if it's a conventional loan. Um, but you can get a mortgage even with a lower score than that. You just have to put more money down and have more money in reserves. So the hard and fast rule of thumb is you definitely want to be a 620. You're going to have better options at a 620. Okay. Okay. But that's the great thing, right? You don't have to have perfect credit to buy a house. Right. You, you know, you just have to be able to get in, you know, up to a 620 is best because if you have a 580, there's a lot of lenders that do a, a mortgage if you have a 580 credit score but you're going to have to have so much money in the bank as reserves. You're going to have to put money down, more money down and all that. You have better options if you have at least a 620. Right. Okay. I've understood okay. that hasn't changed. I don't, I don't, I know things change all the time. Um, what, what are the um, bullet points that we have on this, this seven? Okay. Um, and then let's see the next one is, and we kind of touched on this, but you want to have that proper mix of credit. Okay. So you want to have, um, and this is my tip number five, is you want to have a good mix of credit. Um, if you have zero credit cards right now, um, getting you a credit card is going to really boost your credit score. Right. Okay. And that's what's good. What's good to know is that, you know, let's say that you're just starting out and you're, you're uh, you know, trying to build your credit. Maybe you have some student loans mm -hmm. um, and you've never had a credit card. Let's get a credit card. I've got some good secured credit card options for people, you know, that are guaranteed approval. Um, I also have credit builder lines. Another, you know, tip is be added as an authorized user to somebody else's credit card. Okay. So like if you have a friend or a parent or a sibling that has good credit and they have good credit cards, you know, ask them if they'll add you as an authorized user. You want to get to that good mix of credit where you have at a minimum one installment loan, which can be a car payment, um, a, you know, a student loan, whatever. And then you want to get to the point where you have at least three revolving lines of credit. Okay. okay. So, you know, maybe you start with a secured credit card or if your score is high enough, 
you can get approved for a Capital One credit card. Right. You need to be about a 650 on Credit Karma to get approved for a Discover or a Capital One and know that you're going to get approved. If you're not that high, let's look at the credit report. Let's see what we need to do. But, you know, asking a parent to be added as an authorized user, it's a great strategy. You know, you just want to make sure that uh, if you're added as an authorized user, that the card that they're adding you to is a card that has a low percentage of utilization of the credit limit. Don't be added to an account that's carrying a large balance. Right. You want to make sure it's an account that has um, never been paid late because you don't want to add bad stuff to your credit report. Right. And then you want to make sure it's an account. The older the account, the better. You know, we talked about the age of the credit file. So, you know, let's say you have a parent who has a 15 year old credit card that they've always paid on time and it has a nice high credit limit and they barely use it. It's perfect. Be added as an authorized user. They don't even have to issue you a credit card. Hey, I know a lot of parents are gonna be like, uh, no, I don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I that that's a smart tip. Yeah, like they don't have to actually give you the card as long as your name is on it. Yeah. That's right. And then what's gonna happen is that account is gonna report to your credit report like it's yours. Right. And the beauty of an authorized user like that is you can always take yourself off so you can be removed. Okay. Now, I want to touch on something else, Simone. I don't know how much time we have, but um, uh, try, <laughs> try to avoid trade lines. Okay. Explain a lot of people. I just learned so a lot. I don't think everybody knows what them, they are. Yeah. So a trade line, you know, and, and I, people talk about this a lot. I'm going to buy a trade line. A trade line is a service that connects people with credit cards to people who need an authorized user, okay? And so basically, you know, let's say you have a credit card that's 10 years old and it has a nice high credit limit. You can basically kind of pimp out your credit card and you'll get paid for it. That's what these trade line companies do is they will, they will uh, charge a fee so that you can be added to somebody else's credit card that you don't know, mm -hmm. okay? The problem with that is that that authorized user, you're only added for two months in most cases. Mm. And you're paying $500 or more to buy a trade line. And you're only going to be added, you know, for a couple of months. So it might be something that you could do if you had a specific goal in mind. Right. And you said, hey, I'm closing on my house next month. And I know that this account will help my credit score in a short term, but so many people buy the authorized user line and it doesn't help their credit. Right. And then they're taken off and it's a waste of money. Okay. And so um, my suggestion would be let somebody like us look at your credit first, you know, and then let's see if we can find a free way to do it. You know, let's find a family, a friend, somebody who will add you, for a period of time to their positive credit card. Mm -hmm. And then let's go get you some of your own and then you can be removed. Exactly. Okay. So again, you want to get to that proper mix of credit, which is at least one installment account and at least three revolving lines of credit. My sixth tip is, um, is uh, only apply for credit when it's absolutely necessary. Okay. So many people, you know, apply for credit um, you know, they get these offers in the mail yeah. and, you know, that's going up, you get they, they apply. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and so you gotta, you, you gotta be careful with that. Those hard inquiries, um, it's worth 10% of your credit score. Okay. So that's how much it can impact you. It can impact you as much as 55 points. Okay. And so, you want to be careful with it. What I what I suggest that people do is only apply for credit when you're absolute when it's absolutely necessary, and when you know you have a high likelihood of approval. Okay, that is why, um, depending on your credit score, you may not want to apply for those offers you get in the mail. Okay, because you might not be approved. Um, depending on your credit score you might need to start with a secured credit card or a guaranteed approval credit line, which we have some of those. I have a, an online jewelry store that gives you $5,000 revolving line of credit. I've got another account. It's like a, 
that's an online store that has 33,000 products. It's guaranteed approval. They'll give you a $5,000 revolving line of credit. You want to get something that you know you're going to be approved for. You want to be careful with those hard inquiries. Um, you know, I would say you only want to pull your credit a few times a year if you can, if you can help it. Okay. Now, about those inquiries, though, they, they only stay on your credit report for two years, but they only impact your credit score for one. So let's say you've applied for a whole bunch of credit and you didn't get it. You know, you got some of the accounts, you didn't get some. Um, those hard inquiries are going to have a little less impact every month that they age. They're just going to impact your score just a little bit less every time. Um, and then, of course, at the one year mark, they don't have any impact to your credit score, although you'll still see them on your credit report. They'll stay on your credit report for two years, but only hurt your credit for one. OK. OK. And then my last tip. OK. Seven. As, seven. This seven. is number seven. Yeah. My last tip. Drum roll, please. <laughs> what's that? The drum roll, please. <laughs> well, I, I've got I've got lots of them. But these are kind of the major things that, you know, to help you. Um, you know, that, that pretty much apply to everybody. So many people have student loans. Okay. And I see this happen every time is that, you know, first off kids that have student loans in college, um, many times those student loans become due six months after you graduate right. or six months after you're no longer a full-time student. And um, those, uh, those, uh, those, those people forget or kind of ignore the fact that they have student loans. So what happens is six months after they're done going to college, they start reporting late. Oh, right? thanks. Yeah. And, it, and it's devastating. I think I know why. Most of the time when you go to college, you end up getting your college email address. So, nice. right? Yeah. And then... Kids like to have paperless billing. Mm -hmm. They don't want they don't want any mail. So what happens is when they become a senior, they realize, hey, I'm going to be graduating soon. I need to stop using my student email and I need to use my adult email, right? So they start using their their Gmail account or whatever, right. and those notices are going to their their student email, and they forget about the loans because they're not getting the notifications and stuff. So keep your eye on your student loans. The other thing, people put them in deferment or forbearance and they go in for a year, they come out, you forgot about them, they start reporting late again. Okay. And what happens is most of the time you might have four or eight student loans if they're government loans. So it's four separate loans that report late. So it's very damaging. It's not one loan. If you don't consolidate them. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, so that's another thing is it's always a good idea, you know, to look at consolidation because that way if you do pay late, it's only one account reporting late, not eight accounts. Right. And related to that is I would not opt out of paper billing. So many times, you know, I like to get the paper bill on my credit cards. It's my reminder Okay. okay. I, I, I know I have these bills. I have a spreadsheet, but you know, that bill in the mail is a good reminder, especially if it's a credit card that has an annual fee and you don't use it all the time. You stick it in the drawer. You're not used to paying it. Annual fee comes, you miss the email and then boom, you're 30 days late. Right. That's so a good point. so um, I like to, I like to get the bills in the mail um, just as a reminder, you know, that, uh, that I have, uh, that I have that, that bill, you know, so, so I don't miss it. It's just another, another way for me to catch it. So Sean, you are a wealth of information. We're definitely going to have you back for more. Um, I'd love it. Can... I'm so passionate about this, Simone. I love talking about it. Yeah. And we, and we, what I'll do next time is I'll get some questions from the Own Your Power radio audience and then, we'll dig deeper into some of the, the seven steps and it may be another show. We'll talk about business um, credit because I think that's a big one that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Um, so now once um, somebody signs up, because Own Your Power listeners, we are working with FRS Credit. So once people sign up with you, um, one of your consultants will coach them or how does it work? Give people like the run on the process um, and then I'll give them the website address that we're going to be. Yeah, using. so so first off, 
Um, we do a free credit analysis. There's no obligation to sign up with us. Okay. We do want you to get the credit report that we recommend mm -hmm. because we want to look at all three side by side. Um, I don't really want to look at credit karma. Right. Um, and we can't use credit karma for credit repair because they don't put account numbers and stuff in there. Um, but uh, we do a free credit analysis. So if, if someone contacts us, we're going to ask you to go get a credit report. We're going to give you the instructions how. Um, you're going to send us the login for that. We're going to review the credit report. And then we're going to get on the phone with you and we're going to talk about it. Spend 15 to 30 minutes talking through. Here's the issues. Mm -hmm. This is how we think we can help you. Um, and then uh, if they decide to sign up, great. If they don't, you know, if they decide it's not the right time, no pressure. Okay. Right. It has to be the right time for somebody to enter credit repair. And, you know, if maybe they're not a good candidate for us, we're going to know that by looking at their credit report. We will not sign somebody up without reviewing it first, because let's say that somebody's, you know, 30 and 60 days behind on their bills right now. Right. Okay. I'd rather them pay their bills and catch them up. I don't want them paying me. Right. Um, because I can't, I can't improve the score while they're late. Now, if it's bad debts, if it's stuff they've let go, then yeah, let's take a look at starting on the credit repair because we might be able to leverage a lot of that off. But if these are accounts that are open that you're keeping, we want them caught up before you enter credit repair. Okay. Um, I'd like to share with the audience. Um, so since I've been working with you, I think it's not even two months yet, has it? I don't even know. Um, yeah, I think I think it's probably right around two months. Um, I just got a big refund check yesterday from one of the, um, the people that you reached out to that there was a discrepancy. And they said, oh, we're sorry. Um, we overcharged you. We noticed. And they, they sent me a nice big check. So that was um, testimony for Sean <laughs> and FRS credit. Also, my credit score has went up um, probably like 30 points, somewhere around okay. there. Okay, yeah. That quick. So, and... Yeah, you can do it on your own, but you, when you have other people that are experts that have time to do it and they know what they're doing, they do it way better and faster. Because I, you know, <laughs> you can do your own. That's right. You can do your own taxes. You can fix your own car. You know, you can build your own fence. But sometimes, you know, just same thing. You can fix your own credit. But sometimes it might make sense, you know, to use a company that does it every day that understands the law and how it all works, so we can help you leverage it off. Exactly. So with that said, everyone listening, take your pens out. I want you to write down this website address. It's tinyurl.com forward slash OYP fixed credit. So tinyurl.com forward slash OYP fixed credit. Um, and we would love to help you out. When you, when you do that, when you, when you go to that website, you're going to sign up for the free consultation. And then Sean and his team will take it from there. Right, Sean? Excellent. Perfect. So thank you so much for, for being a part of this, the Own Your Power family. We look forward to having you back again. Um, and do you want to leave your phone number or anything or the website is good enough? Because that's pretty much Yeah, it. so, um, you know, uh, the website that Simone gave you is great because what that's going to do is uh, it's going to give you all the instructions and then allow you to set up some time with either myself or one of our consultants. Okay. Um, but uh, if you want to just get some general information, you can go to our website, which is frscredit.com. So it's like, you know, Frank, Robert, Sam, frscredit.com. There you go. And uh, you can also call us at 214-856-0068. And make sure you mention Own Your Power Radio since you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being a part of the show, Sean. I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to working with you more and seeing my score go up even higher. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Um, like I said, I love to talk about this stuff. So I'd be a guest anytime you want me. Okay. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Keep it locked on Onya Power Radio for more interesting shows and music and news. Thanks again for listening. Remember, anything you want is attainable. Own your power. <laughs> Mind all that you want, you can have.
Marlon Hill coming to you live from the Media 55 studios on the Own Your Power Network. Check us out live online. Do you feel like you aren't good at managing your money? Do you have a budget but still can't seem to make ends meet? Do the words like stocks, bonds, and retirement planning scare you? Well, the Henderson Financial Group is here to help. For over 25 years, the Henderson Financial Group has built a strong reputation for educating and empowering clients about important money matters. At the Henderson Financial Group, we specialize in breaking down fancy financial jargon in an easy-to-understand manner that even a six-year-old would understand. Sign up for our upcoming workshops, seminars, and podcasts. Visit us online at thehendersonfinancialgroup.com or give us a call at 305 305- 8251444 Once again visit us online at thehendersonfinancialgroup.com or give us a call 3058251444 You'll be glad you did Registered representative of IFS Securities member of FINRA MSRB SPIC